right? We got a lot of different things coming at you today, okay? And I'm just sensing a little bit of a lull right now. You don't got time to say. All right, let's go. Crank it. Crank it, Glenn Cross. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson and Adam Drovetta on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Hey, what's happening? Welcome in to another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Might sound a little different. I'm out at Wichita. Free State just won yesterday in the quarterfinals. So they're playing again today in the semi. So I'm going to be out early of this show. That's really exciting. You can check that out over on 92.9 The Bowl, our sister station, and bowl929.com. Free State taking on Blue Valley Northwest, 4 o'clock, pregame 345. Uh, Free State looking for their first ever state title. They're playing a team who's knocked them out three of the past, I think, five or six years in the state tournament. So should be a really good one over there. But I'll be here with Adam Dravetta for the first couple segments here of RCST today. We're also out early for this show today. That's because the Jayhawk Radio Network takes over at 430 and that'll take you up till 6 o'clock with tip-off between KU and TCU here on FM 1017-1320-KLWN and our sister station, 105.9 KISS. A uh, quick note before we get into the KU action, MLB is back, so that's a positive. That's a big yay. Royals season now around the corner. Also, uh, KU women's basketball fell earlier today against Oklahoma, so their Big 12 tournament is donezo. It was a tough game for them. Missed a lot of laps. They fought really hard. Should be an NCAA tournament team. We'll find out more about that on Sunday night. KU takes down West Virginia, though, yesterday in the men's Big 12 tournament in the quarterfinals. Never really a game that was in question. And uh, we talked about this stat, I think it was earlier this week or maybe last week, about teams who you have to win your first conference tournament game. I thought that was the stat. Let me correct that. The actual stat for uh, teams who win the title, there's not been a single team who has won the title since 1985, so when the bracket expanded, who lost their first game of the conference tournament. So it doesn't necessarily mean quarterfinal. You just have to win your first game. KU accomplished that. They're still uh, alive to win a national title. And it was, yeah, as you said, it was never in doubt from where I was sitting at the T-Mobile Center. Um, it was, uh, it, yeah, it just, it was 19 to four out of nowhere. It was um, the, the closest after the scoring actually began Um so obviously they were tied at zero to zero. After that, they were never tied, and the closest West Virginia ever got was four to two. It was I got to four to nothing. Then West Virginia made it four to two, and then it was just gone from there. Kansas went from there. It was four to two. That would have been what a then a twenty to two run. Uh, five of those points, including uh, five of six free throw shooting from Jalen Wilson after the uh, after the the technical fouls. It was just a wild I mean it was it was a complete domination and it was good. I think if you're a Kansas fan, um, which I, I I speak as a Kansas fan yesterday technically I, I wasn't allowed to be a fan. I could just um, enjoy the basketball game, but if you're a fan, I don't know how you're not happy with that performance. Yeah, they uh, should try to play West Virginia just the rest of the season. Every time they play them, it's like West Virginia shoots 33%. Uh, There's something about that matchup that works into the KU defense because the KU defense is a little inconsistent. It's not always great. Maybe there's something about like a a tryhard factor. Maybe that'll be good for the NCAA tournament that – 
They can try to flip the switch, but specifically against West Virginia, there's nothing they do that really works hard against this Kansas defense that at times has struggled this season. And they were able to just really shut them down, but that worked out really well for KU in, you know, not just getting a win at this point in the season, really all that has happened over the last, I don't know, whatever, 24 hours has worked out for KU um, between winning that game, going away easy to where they got to kind of experiment with maybe some different lineups. We saw a lot of Joe Yesfu and Remy Martin kind of playing together in the first half. They got to play deep into the bench. They got to uh, play David McCormick last minutes, and I'll get into that in a second. Um, Ochag Baji got back into the swing of things. And then elsewhere in the Big 12 tournament, Baylor got upset by Oklahoma. Elsewhere earlier today in the SEC tournament, Auburn got upset by Texas A&M. Those are two teams who are in competition with you for a one seed. It's been a uh, pretty good 24 hours or so for KU basketball. And I don't know how closely you were paying attention, Derek, because I know this was right in the midst of, of your game between Lawrence Free State and Manhattan, but it, it ultimately didn't wind up mattering. But Arizona got a scare, too. So, I mean, of the teams, I think if you count Gonzaga as a team who is definitively a one seed, I think I would actually count Arizona as a team definitively a one seed. But of the potential one seeds that have played thus far in their opening uh, conference tournament games, Kansas is the only one that's won going away. Arizona got a scare from Stanford. Auburn lost. Um, Kentucky, they've got Vanderbilt a little later, later today, and that would probably be the stunner of all stunners. A&M over, over Auburn is not nearly what Vanderbilt over Kentucky would be, so I, I don't imagine that's going to happen. But... Um, I think you're in a position now where if you win, um, you want to win Saturday just to get another trophy. Uh, but I don't think this. I don't think it's it's a must win tournament to get that one seed anymore. I think you win tonight, and you're a one. Yeah, I would agree because so right now Baylor is up one on quad one plus quad two wins on Kansas. They have one more quad two win. Both teams have the same amount of quad one wins. So if Kansas wins tonight, TCU is 43rd in the net. On a neutral floor, top 50 teams are quad one wins. So it'd be a quad one win. So if Kansas wins tonight, they'll have one more quad one win than Baylor. They'll have the same amount of quad one plus quad two wins as Baylor. They will have had the same conference record. Baylor had a better non-con, but KU will have gone two rounds further in the conference tournament. And then even if they lose in the conference title game, it's presumably going to be against Texas Tech. Like that's not at all a bad loss. I think they would be ahead of Baylor in that situation for a one seed. And as we talk about, Gonzaga and Arizona could kind of be locks. Okay, let's say Kentucky wins the SEC now. Now you don't have to worry about Kentucky and Auburn meeting in the SEC title where maybe the winner gets a one and maybe the loser still gets a one. Now I think it's just Kentucky or bust from the SEC. And then if you're ahead of Baylor, then you're one of the other one seeds. So it works out perfectly for KU. I do think if they lose tonight, there's still a chance that they can get a one seed. I mean, they still might get a one seed over Baylor if they lose tonight because it would have been tied regular season title. Uh, they'd still have the same amount of quad one wins, and Kansas would have still gone around further in the Big 12 tournament. I just think it would be more of a coin flip, and you don't want to leave it in that hands. Win tonight and make it a, well, not a guarantee, make it a sure thing that at the very least you're probably ahead of Baylor for one of the ones. Yeah, for whatever it's worth, uh, Dave Amon, his last update, he, he updates every morning at about 7 a.m. Eastern time. So this has not been updated from the um, since the Auburn loss. However, he has Baylor. He had Baylor falling from the number two overall seed to the number three overall seed. So whatever that's worth, Amon still has Baylor as a one seed. He has gone Auburn as the uh, fourth one seed. Kansas still is the top two. However, as you just said, 
what Kansas has and that Baylor and Auburn do not is a chance to get two more potential you know two more would would both of these would TCU be a quad one or since it's neutral would it be quad two yeah no I, I was just saying they'd be a quad one win I, okay I think okay that, so yeah but, so Kansas what what Baylor does not have and Auburn does not have and Kansas does is a chance to get more quad one wins uh, by the way, I texted Dave Allman earlier this morning, uh, kind of asking him about, and this was before the Auburn result, but he said, I think Kansas is in a good position to end up a one seed if they win today. Definitely if they win the Big 12 tournament. So yeah, if you win the Big 12 tournament, I don't even think it's a discussion. You win today. I think you are. You lose today. I think it's kind of more of a 50-50 proposition. Would uh, either so, one, if, if Kansas does advance, and and that's, that's a, that's a you know, by no means a guarantee, but if that happens, would either one tomorrow between Tech and Oklahoma? I know Tech would. Would OU be a quad one game? Um, let me I, check. Tech, a, Tech absolutely ranking. would, but I'll say this: yeah. as a Kansas fan, um, and I mentioned this to you, as a Kansas fan, uh, I, I'm, I was, you know, Oklahoma I, would be net one by, or uh, quad one, by the way. Okay, as a, as a Kansas fan, um. You know, it, it, it benefited that Baylor lost last night, but as, as a guy who has the opportunity to cover the Big 12 tournament as part of the media, I uh, had every intention of sticking around tonight for Baylor-Texas Tech. Had that, uh, had that result been, you know, had that uh, matchup happened, and, and so from a basketball standpoint, I think Baylor versus KU part three would have been fantastic, And um, but, it you know, that's conference tournaments, weird things happen. So the one thing that I think really is interesting between yesterday to today's game, I mean, obviously Ochai playing great yesterday is a good sign after he had those, I think four or five straight games where maybe it was more of a struggle for him shooting is the David McCormick experience. Now he only played 10 minutes last game and it felt like early in the game he got pulled because of maybe a couple of mistakes he made. And then Mitch Lightfoot comes in there. Mitch Lightfoot played a great game. And uh, then David McCormick only ends up playing 10 minutes. So I don't know how to view this. If it's, you know, was it partially performance-based? Was it all arrest thing? Was it partially arrest thing? I do know that Bill Self did want to, if possible, rest David McCormick. So it would make sense that at least a big part of why he only played 10 minutes was a rest thing. But I think that's interesting for tonight because TCU is such an athletic team. They get two-point shots at will on the offensive end. Um, they very much like to keep teams off the three-point line, so you need to find a way to hit two-point shots inside, get post work going. They're uh, one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the country. They're an elite rebounding team overall. There are a lot of reasons why you need David McCormick in this game, and while Mitch Lightfoot was great yesterday, I kind of expected that, whether it was Kansas State or West Virginia. Like, he matches up well against teams who don't have great bigs, but with TCU, with Lampkin inside, and with teams that are that athletic, that is a tougher matchup for Mitch. Uh, I guess, do you view Dave not playing a ton last game as more of a rest thing or a play thing, and, and how much does that impact the way you look at the game today? I think it was a rest thing, and if I if I knew for certain that it was a rest thing, it would make me feel better about him playing more today. Um, however, I, I'm leaving open the possibility that it was about play, but the reason I think it was more of a rest thing is if you look at the sample size, uh, David McCormick was the second leading scorer for KU against West Virginia in the regular season behind only Ochai Abaji. He had a double-double in each of the games against the Mountaineers, uh, did did Dave. So that's why, and, and he, yeah, he made some mistakes early on, but I do think 
um, because of his performance throughout the season and his specifically his performances against West Virginia, I think it would have been more likely that if Self felt that he was a necessity to win yesterday, I think Self would have given him a longer leash than he did, and that's why I think it was probably more about getting off that, getting him off that foot. Well, I think the interesting part is the rest thing for both sides because with Dave, it's you know not just that he rested yesterday. Like, does that mean he's more rested for today? Or did they rest him yesterday because they're planning on resting him the rest of the week? But also from like TCU's perspective, they just had a, a massive comeback against Texas to where that must have taken a lot of energy out of them. That must have taken a lot of, out of that team. So I, I think kind of the energy side of things is going to be a question for both sides. Yeah, that's a good point. They're down 18 uh, were the Horned Frogs. Um, I think... And I thought you, I think you saw now this is a more extreme example because West Virginia played Thursday night and or um, Wednesday night and then I had to turn around and play at 2 15 or whatever the tip off time was for that game yesterday. So it, it, it's a little more extreme, but, um, you know, you did see a team in West Virginia. You saw the difference between a team that had played the day before and a team that had not. Uh, and, and tonight you're going to see two teams that had played the day before. Technically, TCU did get a longer break, uh, but both teams were done by 4.15 or 4.30 yesterday, so it wasn't. And Kansas got to sit a lot of their starters um, for for a decent period, I, I think. Um, you know, So that, that helped. But, uh, yeah, fatigue always plays a role in these tournaments. Three games in three days or however many you wind up playing, two, day, two, two games in two days, we saw the result of Kansas against Texas – and even they said they were a little, you know, their legs were kind of worn out. I think Ochai, one of the KU players, and I think it was Ochai himself, even used the word exhausted um, after three games in six days or whatever that was last week. So legs are going to play a huge role in this. And so I think if, yeah, if you are resting Dave for the whole tournament, that's going to matter when it comes to guys like Mitch and, and Zach Clements who have to fill in for him. But I, I think it would also matter – in the positive sense that if you're playing Dave tonight, um, it matters that he played so little yesterday. So it, it really, uh, whether or not it turns out to be a benefit, I think it's just going to come down to whether or not this is going to be an all weekend resting of Dave or, or just yesterday. Yeah. And he is such a pivotal player for me in this matchup with everything that TCU does well and, and matching up on Lampkin, I would like to see some KJ Adams inside for Hustle or Zach Clements to maybe pull away Lampkin from the the, the rim, but I, I don't know how feasible that stuff is. Now, it's interesting because this is the third time these two teams have met in, what, an eight-day span now or seven days, something like that. Um, does that give you more confidence for KU's side, or does that not really do anything for you because it doesn't give KU more time to kind of adjust to them? I think if the crowd was any indication, Big KU's got the benefit there. I mean, the the crowd was really bumping. I I, I said off, or yeah, I said to you off the air that um, the early game as TCU was making that comeback on Texas, Kansas fans really got behind TCU, uh, and even some Tech fans who were there for the early session got behind TCU because of how they feel about Chris Beard. So yesterday kind of felt like um, when you are at a, a, an NCAA tournament venue. And there, you know, it's it's like one quarter is cheering for the higher seed, and the other three quarter fans are neutral. So they just begin to cheer for the lower seed uh, for the sake of excitement of seeing the upset. That's how that felt, and so I, I think you're going to see a lot of fans there. So 
if that helps, you know, obviously TC, you know, it was it was in um, Fort Worth that Kansas lost. It was in Lawrence, Kansas got the win. Um, but I I I don't know familiarity familiarity might help them, but I don't know. I I worry could there be a little a pressure that because there's familiarity, Kansas is going in remembering. Wait a minute, you know, look what happened these last two games. I don't know. This is. I wasn't. I didn't think either semifinal was going to be a, a walk in the park, no matter who they wound up getting. Yeah, and I think that I'm having a lot of trouble with the line on this. Vegas has it as an eight point game, and it's it's tough because I think very clearly TCU is a bad matchup for Kansas. Very athletic teams like that are a bad matchup for Kansas. But also, uh, like I talked about the other day, you know, if if we were to say KU and TCU played each other ten times, how many does KU win? We said six or seven. How many of those wins are they winning where, you know, it's it's not a, a two-point game late in the game where they're just winning by seven, eight, where the spread is, nine, ten points, something like that. And if this is one of those ten matchups, we've already seen two matchups where it's close. So does that mean KU by just by nature of being the better team here is due for one of these games eventually if they keep playing TCU to be that way? And could that be this game? I don't know if it's the right answer because I do kind of lean in the way that TCU is a bad matchup for KU, but I wouldn't be shocked if KU won by like 12. Yeah, no, that wouldn't be the shock of the century either. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, I will say, and we got it, we're kind of up against a break, so we got to get to that. But, and so this is a weird time to bring that up. But one thing you could argue is KU due for this, or is it just a bad sign that these are going to continue is the three point shooting. Like, is KU due for another game like they had against K-State? Maybe not that extreme. I think they are like 15 of 24 that night. But are they due for a night where things start to fall a little better for from three, particularly for Ochai? Um, are they due for that, or is this just a, a, a clear indication that this is just who they are? And if they are due for it, if that happens tonight and Kansas is able to go, you know, nine for 19 from three, that would make a huge difference too. He's Adam Dravetta. I'm Derek Johnson, Matt Tate of the Lawrence Journal World, KUSports.com. Going to join us next. You're listening to RCST. Would you like to get involved in sponsoring Rock Chalk Sports Talk or the best of RCST podcast? How about getting involved in some KU action or local high school sports? You can reach out to us, djohnson at gpmnow.com. That's djohnson at gpmnow.com. And we'll see what we can do to help out your business and get involved here in local sports. I join now on a Friday by Matt Tate of the Lawrence Journal World, KUSports.com. And you might be wondering, first question, why is Matt coming on on a Friday? Because typically we have Matt on on Tuesdays. Well, I could give you the boring answer that it's just a, I don't know, scheduling thing. Or I could tell you that it was because I was so upset that there's another good team in the AFC West now and the Denver Broncos traded for Russell Wilson. So uh, I'll just leave that up to the audience to decide. Uh, but now we're joined by Mr. Unlimited himself, Matt Tate of the Lawrence Journal World. Uh, Matt, how's everything going today? I, I thought that's what you were having me on to talk about because Tuesday is my Kansas talk day. So I, I don't know if you read the contract, but I, I do have it in my contract that – in weeks when the Broncos hire a Super Bowl or, or trade for a Super Bowl winning quarterback, I am only allowed on Fridays to talk about that guy. So we should um, we should do a little of that. Maybe we just did. So if, you, if you're good with that, I guess that satisfies the contract. We can move on. But it's up to you entirely. I want you to feel good about this. Well, I mean, I, I just 
I was so, I don't know. It wasn't like a sad moment. It was, it was an annoyed moment. It was like, really the AFC West, like th- this is what we're doing. It's just going to be the greatest division ever. You have Tom Brady sitting in the, the AFC East for 15 years and none of the teams could really figure it out beyond maybe like the, the occasional like two year stretch or something. And here we are in the AFC West and you have Derek Carr, who is, you know, solid quarterback and he's, the worst quarterback in the league. The Khalil Mack trade happens yesterday. Um, I just I, I don't appreciate what your Denver Broncos are doing. I don't appreciate what the AFC West is doing. Just lay down and let the Chiefs be a dynasty. Now, see, that's the thing. I think that's what most Chiefs fans feel like should happen. And and um, you know, I can tell you from experience when when Peyton Manning was the sheriff of the AFC West for five in a row, no one else laid down. You went and drafted Pat Mahomes. So it's only fair, man, that 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 we get a shot at this thing and, and San Diego does too, even though I still call them San Diego. That's how old I am. So uh, we'll move on from this before I, before I call him Oakland and, and, uh, you know, whoever else I mess with. So, uh, but yeah, it was a good week. It was a good week for that. I was excited and, and, uh, we'll have plenty of time to talk about that in the summer, I'm sure. But today it's big 12 tournament time, man. It's, uh, it's, it's go time. They're all obviously well underway already. And, and, uh, the sun, I'm actually over in Kansas city here now and the sun's out a little bit. It's, it's still cold, but it, it does feel like big 12 tournament season now, even though yesterday felt more like that stupid December game in, 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 uh, inside T-Mobile center that KU has to play every year and no one cares about, but KU obviously cared. They looked great yesterday and, and, uh, they're in a great position moving forward right now. Yeah, very broad, open-ended question about that game. KU takes down West Virginia yesterday. Uh, what was kind of your biggest takeaway from that win? Yeah, you know, I, I thought they played great uh, in a lot of ways. I, I, obviously, they weren't perfect. And so there were some areas that, that were kind of average to below average, too. Uh, Bill Self would tell you a million of those if you want to listen. But um, I, I thought the start was terrific. I thought Ochai was terrific in the start of both halves, really. Um, and, and I think that's really important. I think they obviously wanted to get off to a great start in that game and be a part of that and, and set the tone for, for what they hoped was an easy kind of blowout win that they haven't had very many of this year. And they did that. But I think it was even bigger than that. I, I think that I think that it was also trying to set the tone for this postseason run. And, and, you know, that was their first, first postseason game. And, and the way they attacked that game to open it really let you see that they understand that this is a new season and that they have to take it to another level and, and flip that switch. And, and there's a lot of guys on this team who've played a lot of postseason games. And it should be no surprise that, that they understand what that takes. But understanding it and then going out and executing it are two totally different things. And I thought that's what was great about yesterday for them. They, they executed it. And not only did that secure the win pretty quickly and easily in that specific game, but it did show like their confidence is high. They feel good about themselves. Everybody played their role. Everybody did what they had to do. Everybody executed. Ochai looked like the Big 12 player of the year that he's been. Um, you know, it was just a really good first step toward what I'm sure they hope is going to be a long postseason run. Yeah, we got to see Remy Martin play and, and look, I think, more athletically to what we're used to with his speed and quickness and quick start and stop and everything. It still wasn't a ton of minutes for, I mean, I think 11 for the total of the game at this point, 
because we, we heard the comments from self, I think on Hawk talk and, and the other day at a media availability that he's looking maybe as good health wise as he has in, in a while. Uh, do you think we see a double digit scoring effort from Remy the rest of the way? And if not, do you think KU can survive without their lead guards scoring at a high level? I, I do think they can survive that. And I, and I, you know, as much as I want to say he, he's got it in him, it's just hard to imagine that, man. I mean, like, I, I think he can play an important role. I thought he looked terrific yesterday, not counting his turnovers and just, you know, mindless types of bad plays on, on, on that part of it. But, but um, I, I thought his burst on, the, on his drive to the rim looked great. I thought his first step looked quick. I thought it looked quick and effortless instead of quick and sort of labored and intentional. I thought he really just looked like he was shot out of a cannon and that's the Remy we knew that, that Kansas was getting and, and had seen at Arizona state for so many years and, and he showed it. So you, you don't have to convince me that he could still play a role. You don't have to convince me that, that he could have a five minute stretch in an important game where he gets a couple of buckets off of that just because he's better and quicker than the guy guarding him. And, and maybe Kansas could really use that in a game where possessions are hard and grinded out and tough to come by and low scoring and all of that. So I, I, you know, I don't think it's out outrageous to think that he, he could still help them. And I don't think Bill self thinks that's out outrageous either. I, I just think that in order to get 10 points or higher, I mean, you know, he's got to take, probably six, seven shots. Right. I mean, I guess he could make four and, and get there that way or, or whatever, but um, you know, him going four for four is hard to believe right now. And, and uh, a couple of those would have to be threes obviously. And, and uh, I, I just don't think he's in a, in a mind space to be that assertive to where he's going to go out and say, I'm the man, give me seven or eight shots. I mean, that, that isn't who he is at Kansas. That hasn't been who he's been here all season. And, and as much as he's left a lot to be desired and, and obviously the injury has been a part of that, um, he's not stupid. You know, he understands what his role is and should be. And he's okay with that. Um, I, I think if he had it all to do over again and he was still coming to Kansas, I think he would absolutely wish for it to have gone differently. I think everybody would. Right. But it is what it is now it's March and his number one goal, as he has stated over and over and over, is to win. And the only way this experience can be better for Remy Martin than his Arizona State experience was at this point is if Kansas goes on a run. And so he's not going to get in the way of that happening by demanding shots and trying to get a bunch of jumpers up just because he wants to do it. He's going to do whatever he can to facilitate that. And, and that means play your role. Go get a bucket when you can, when you need to. And, and – you know, if that means you play 10 minutes, great. Give it a good 10 minutes. But but I don't think he's expecting or anybody's expecting anything more than that. If they get it, that's total gravy. Um, but it's hard to imagine him being a double-digit scorer. If, they, if he is, um, Kansas is going to win that game, whatever game that is. If he does it multiple times, Kansas is going to win those games, whatever games those are. Um, because there's just there's – just, I think that would tell you that, that, that they were out pretty big and maybe he played some some minutes down the stretch and just got buckets with the game already in hand so i don't know man i i think it's hard to imagine him doing that but um it would be cool to see it's setting up for a for a hell of a story to be written it'd be a cool hollywood script right the, the guy's much maligned all year he's injured is he gonna play isn't he gonna play is he injured isn't he what's going on with remy the headlines all year right and then 
tournament time, he comes and is just a beast. I mean, I don't see him being, a uh, you know, an all tournament team type of guy by any means, but that would be the Hollywood script for sure. And, and I would imagine Kansas would take it, but that's only if that means he's a beast and the wins keep coming, but they're not coming. You know, it, it, he's not going to be a beast in, in a bunch of losses. I don't think, I mean, his role is just not big enough for that. So uh, it'll be really interesting though. I mean, we're, we're obviously closing in on three weeks left or whatever it is of, of the Remy experience, however long that lasts. And so um, I know I'm going to continue to track it every day, every week, every game, because after this, we don't get to talk about Remy ever again, and I've enjoyed it. He's a character. He's 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 got a lot of personality, and and uh, it's been a weird story to follow all year. So today's opponent for KU is TCU, and they hit the glass really hard. We saw them kind of win with athleticism and, and effort plays and everything when they won in Fort Worth and, and really kept it close in Allen Fieldhouse. Dave obviously was resting a bit last game, played just 10 minutes in that game. And I, I'm curious to see what happens today, whether, you know, that's the expectation today as well, and that's the blueprint for this one, or if because he played less yesterday, maybe that opens him up to play even more today. Because I, I do wonder in this specific matchup, like if you only get 10 minutes out of presumably your best center and presumably one of your best players to help kind of counteract what TCU does well, I think it's going to be really hard to come out of this one uh, without either squeaking one out or coming out with a victory against TCU. Yeah, I, I would agree with all of that. I mean, I, I think last night couldn't have gone much better in the sense that you didn't have to put much on him. He played 10 minutes and, and he didn't have to give crazy effort in those 10 minutes. Even um, he got the rest. He was off his feet. Most of that game, um, so yeah, they'll need him tonight. I mean, they need to rebound and, and, uh, TCU has shown that a couple of times. Right. And, and, uh, as much as I thought Mitch played terrific last night, I don't think there's a person out there that, that doesn't think Mitch played terrific last night. Uh, he's just not quite the guy that matches up with TCU. So I don't think you can say, well, if Dave doesn't have it, Mitch is hot. He is hot, but it still comes down to match up for Mitch and, uh, you know, he'll fight, you know, he'll, he'll give everything he's got, but it just doesn't seem to work against TCU. So they need D Dave to be good tonight. Um, they need everybody to be good. And, and luckily they're on sort of a, a fresh memory of that being the case. I mean, Christian Brown goes and gets 14 boards last night. We know Jalen's capable of getting double digit rebounds any given night. Um, you know, that, that, that's big stuff right there. Cause they're going to need all five guys to go to the glass and, um, you know, yeah, I mean, you've heard it a hundred times. This is a tough matchup for Kansas. It's a tough matchup for a lot of people. Um, ask Texas, who saw a 20-point lead rendered useless last night, right? I mean, that, that was incredible. Um, and that's TCU. That's what they do. I mean, we saw that at Allen Fieldhouse in, the, in that return game after they just beat Kansas down there. Uh, TCU came up to Allenfield House. The line was double digits. The fans were ready to swallow them whole. KU was ready to beat them by 20. And in the first six or so minutes, they did. They, they were pummeling them. The fans were going crazy. It was electric. It was, you couldn't breathe. You couldn't hear all of that. And then TCU just did what they do. They just kept coming. They didn't get rattled. They just kept coming. And by halftime, it was a tie game. And that's exactly how they came back yesterday from down 20 to Texas. So, um, you know, you, you can't just hope to, to overwhelm TCU for stretches of a game. 
and think that's going to be good enough. You have to beat them for 40 minutes. And I think Kansas obviously knows that they've played them twice in the last week, basically. So they, they, they know that that's what it's going to take tonight, but going out and executing it is a totally different thing. And, and um, you know, I think if KU wins tonight, they, they, they lock up a one seed in the tournament and that's depending on your point of view on that kind of thing, that's pretty significant. Um, But at the same time, I think TCU is really playing for its seeding too. And, and, and they're in obviously, but um, they win this one or maybe the next two, you know, they're, they're creeping into that five, six, maybe even four range when the bracket comes out on Sunday. So both teams, plenty to play for. Um, it should be a great game. It's not sexy, right? I mean, you look at the marquee for the semifinals of the Big 12 tournament, Kansas, TCU, Oklahoma, Texas Tech. I mean, nobody cares about that. That's Can we get you to awful. do some promos for our station? <laughs> yeah, I got a little carried away. Sorry, it's, it's that time of year. But, you know, nobody nobody's going to get fired up by those two games on a marquee. But, uh, you know, everybody wants Kansas, Texas, Baylor, Texas Tech, right? That would be the that would be the two but uh but don't think that these won't be good games just because they don't sound sexy i think this first one is going to be absolutely terrific and uh it's a coin flip game for me i know vegas has it at what eight something like that eight and a half uh for kansas that's that's fine i get why they put the line where they put it but um i think in terms of win or lose it's a coin flip game no question about it so ku's gonna have to play really well and uh, based on last night, I think they're, they're, they're positioned to. They looked terrific last night. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of reasons to think they should look even better tonight. All right. As is tradition, before we let you go, one last thing with Adam. All right, Matt, one last thing. Which is the easiest toenail to clip? <laughs> oh, my God, man. This is such a loaded question for me. I inherited horrible toenails from my father. Um, who inherited them from his father. They, they, uh, they look like they belong to a dinosaur. Uh, mine aren't as bad, but I feel like when I'm 60 or whatever, they will be. Um, but mine aren't good still. So uh, if my wife were listening to this or when I make her listen to the podcast version of this, she's going to die laughing because it is a big thing in our house. Um, so the answer for me is none of them. I had to buy special like industrial strength like vice grip looking toenail clippers for my lovely feet that i inherited from my my (laughs) wonderful ancestors um so none of them are easy but i'll probably go with like the third or fourth like the the pinky toe is so dangerous i have clipped that thing too close before on a night when i was going to go play basketball and had to tap out like it hurts so bad it was it's it's an embarrassing story and i hate telling you this but this is what one one last thing's all about so i got that thing clipped way too low and and i I mean i almost couldn't walk for the rest of the night so that sucks the big toe come on man there's so much square footage up there that is just (laughs) a giant of a of a of a toenail so i would never say that that's easy even though you can't miss when you're down there and uh and the second one's just kind of weird. I don't like it. I've got flat feet. So when I do play basketball, which is a couple times a week, usually uh, they get bloody and, and they're crusty and black and bruised and, you know, no one's clipping that. You just kind of live with it. So it's either the second or third. And uh, every once in a while I get some nice, just clean moments with those toes. And 
don't think for a second that I don't appreciate it. Cause the rest of it is like a freaking battle every time. So I would have never guessed in a million years, you would ask that, but um, you probably would have never guessed. I would have such a deep and, and loaded answer. So yeah, that was really that, impressive. That's the beauty of this show, man. You guys, you guys bring it out. That's no question. So uh, sorry for anyone who was trying to eat or, or enjoy a, a snack or a beverage <laughs> while they were listening to that. But it is uh it is not pretty at my house on toenail day. Well, here's Matt Tate. His feet are like the AFC West. They are just tough <laughs> to figure out, and uh, they are just – everyone's tough. Everyone's tough. Matt, thank you for the time as always, man. You got, you bet, guys. Thank you, and uh, enjoy the rest of the weekend, and uh, let's see what happens Sunday when that freaking bracket comes out. Pretty cool. All right, he's Matt Tate. I'm going to scoot on out of here. Coverage of uh, Free State in the High School State Tournament semis against Blue Valley Northwest on 92.9 The Bowl. Adam will cover you from here until we get to Jayhawk Radio Network coverage. This is Rock Shock Sports Talk. What's going on, everybody? Adam Dravetta in. Uh, Derek Johnson out. As you heard earlier, he was taken off to get you live play-by-play coverage. Lawrence Free State versus Blue Valley Northwest, Sunflower League versus EKL in the 6A State semifinals. If you want to hear that, that's over on our sister station, 92.9 The Bull. And if you want to continue to hear me talk about KU basketball, I will be doing just that. We've got Pickahawk coming up. We've got uh, the Daily Poll. And we've got just talk about, uh, we, I think we, we haven't spent enough time talking about um TCU, I think these these conference tournaments make things so difficult uh, in terms of of turnaround and um, you know how much time we get to spend on last week. You know we're, we're going to have our last game versus next game. We're going to have audio for you next hour of Mitch Lightfoot, Christian Brown, and Bill Self. They'll be talking about uh, their game. It's audio from uh, from post game yesterday, and they didn't even have time to get in. They knew they would be playing TCU at that point. Because um, the TCU-Texas game had finished before Kansas played West Virginia. Uh, but it was one of those things where the the questions, and kind of rightly so, were so focused on West Virginia in that game, they really didn't have a chance to talk about TCU. This will be the third time in a few days. I think, let's see, last Tuesday, it was a week at Tuesday. Let's see, that's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So it's 10 days, three times in 10 days, you've played the exact same opponent uh, in the TCU Horn Frogs, um, and you're one and one against them. You you beat, you know, you were never, well, I don't want to say you were never in it, because I, I mean, you, you were close uh, a few different occasions, but TCU kind of won going away in that first matchup down in Fort Worth, and then you had uh, the return trip over to... Um, over to uh, Allen Fieldhouse, and you got the win there. And, of course, winning that one, that was 72-68. So 74-64, TCU beats Kansas down in Fort Worth. TCU or Kansas comes back to Lawrence, defeats TCU 72-68. A lot of you remember that game was uh, a game where Kansas got off to a big start. I think it was like 20-6, to sort of similar to West Virginia yesterday. The difference is TCU came right back in it. And it was either a tie game or Kansas leading by just two at halftime. And then it was scrap and claw down the stretch. Dewan Harris, Christian Brown made a few big plays late in that game in Allen Fieldhouse. Uh, at one point, TCU was up five in the second half, and it looked like you were about to lose two games in a row to TCU. 
who is a tournament team. I think they're pretty. Uh, I, I, there's no doubt about it. Um, I think there was no doubt about it even going into yesterday's quarterfinal. But now with that win over Texas, they're definitively in the tournament. So they're a tournament team, um, but they're not ranked. I mean, they're not a particularly. They're not uh, you know atop the conference. Um, but they you know they beat you once by ten, and they gave you all you could handle inside Allen Fieldhouse. Uh, and and Kansas took that one by four. Before, of course, uh, beating Texas in overtime on senior day to clinch the Big 12, clinch the one seed in the Big 12 tournament. Um, so this is, I think if you're Kansas, if you're hopeful, uh, it's that Texas, you know, was up 18 and TCU came back and that took a lot out of um, the Horn Frogs uh, coming back to win that game. And it was back and forth. TCU actually kind of started making it a game I think it was maybe three or four minutes left. I think it was before the under four timeout that the J or that uh, the Horn Frogs actually held a lead against Texas, and then it went back and forth the rest of the way. TCU pulled away, and I think they were shooting some free throws down the stretch to close things out. Um, so they're going to be, you know, they're going to be going huge with momentum. I'm going to tell you right now, anybody who's in that arena, not cheering for Kansas, will be actively cheering for TCU. The Texas Tech and OU fans are not going to be just neutral. I think KU will have a decided advantage on the crowd everywhere, not just with, um, you know, I think they'll, it'll probably be 75% Kansas and then the other 25% will round out the rest of the fan bases, the other three, maybe even more than that. But um, the non-KU fans, even if they're OU fans, even if they're Tech fans, they're going to be cheering for Texas Christian tonight because uh, they want to see that upset and they, they want to, conceivably easier path to a Big 12 tournament championship. And if Texas Tech, Oklahoma, no matter who wins that other semifinal, their fans would would probably view TCU as a quote-unquote easier matchup for uh, their team in the championship round. Um, so, yeah, you, you'll, you're going to hear a lot of noise, I think. If TCU is able to be in this game, uh, and athletically, I think it's, it's pretty clear they can hang. They can bump with Kansas. And... Uh, they've shown that in two games, and, and there's a lot to look forward to in this game. David McCormick, we talked about that in the open. How much is he going to play tonight? Uh, Self didn't get a chance, you know, wasn't asked that yesterday because so much of the focus of yesterday's press conference was on the West Virginia game. Um, and you, again, you'll be able to hear that later tonight. Um, but, yeah, that's 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 what you're looking at. We're going to move on now to Pickahawk, Derek dominated me in the last pick a hawk 98 to 65 um it's he's running away with it this season it, it doesn't i mean i guess if kansas makes a huge run in the ncaa tournament and i win every single one for the rest of us uh, for the rest of time uh this season then i can pull it out but Derek won the regular season it looks like he's gonna win the entire season so shame on me for such poor picks uh shame on Derek for you know what i'm new I started here in October. I started full-time in November. It's, it's you know, Derek, show a little sympathy for the new guy. Anyway, this time I had the first pick. Uh, I'm going to read them off. We're not going to have the draft like normal. We had the draft earlier. Uh, Derek can verify this. It was uh, on Zoom earlier. We had our draft because he knew he would not be available for this segment. Um, he was had to peace out after that uh, Tate segment that you just heard. And again, all of this you can hear, if you missed any of it, you can hear on the Rock Chalk Sports Talk podcast, the best of RCST. 
that's over wherever you get your podcasts. Um, so last time, Derek won Rock Chalk Pickhawk 98 to 65. I had the first pick this time. I took Ochai Abaji. He followed that up with two picks since we do a serpentine draft. He took Christian Brown, Jalen Wilson. I would have preferred the second pick because that's exactly who I would have taken. I would have taken Brown and Jalen Wilson because it's risky, everything after that. I took Dave McCormick, taking a risk that he's going to get more minutes, and yesterday was just about getting a breather. I then took Dewan Harris, um, still not showing much in the scoring department, but another seven assists yesterday. He's been fantastic distributing. Um, so I took Dewan. Assists are worth more points in Pickahawk than they than actual points scored are, so that helps. Um, De- uh, Derek then rounded it out, uh, again taking a risk. He took Remy Martin and then rounded it out with Jalen Coleman-Lands. Again, with Remy, high, high, potential high ceiling, not a huge ceiling. He's not going to score like Ochai or, or uh, Brown or Dave do, or even Jalen Wilson. But, uh, you know, you can get points out of Remy and pick a hawk. Uh, but you just don't know how much he's going to play. He closed that out with Jalen Coleman-Lands, the sharp sharpshooter. Maybe he gets a few shots in. I closed things out with Joe Yesifu. You'll notice no Mitch Lightfoot in this edition of pick a hawk. I just think athletically it's so difficult for him to get anything going um, against the, the Horn Frogs, and I think that's proven out in two games this season. So moving along to the poll of the day, very simple. Some big upsets have already happened. What has he- helped KU more? The upset, uh, and this is specifically regarding getting a one seed. This has nothing to do with um, with the Big 12 tournament because obviously you could say Baylor losing helped KU in the sense that it gave them theoretically, if they make it to the finals, an easier game there. But in terms of getting a one seed, which loss helped KU more? Baylor losing yesterday, last night to OU, or Auburn losing earlier today to Texas A&M? I'll get that poll up here momentarily over on the uh, Rock Chalk Sports Talk Twitter page. That is RCST1320. So you can cast your vote there. So again, uh, this edition of Pickahawk, I wound up with Ochai Baji, Dave McCormick, Dewan Harris, Joe Yesifu. Derek Johnson winds up with Christian Brown, Jalen Wilson, Remy Martin, Jalen Coleman lands. And our poll of the day, which loss helped KU in, in terms of uh, getting themselves a one seed? Baylor losing to OU last night or Auburn losing to Texas A&M earlier today? We're going to get you to the top of the hour. we got a news update out and uh, coming up, and then after that we will get you uh, yesterday's post-game audio. Mitch Lightfoot, Ochai, uh, or I beg your pardon, Mitch Lightfoot, Christian Brown, uh, and Bill Self caught up with the media um, yesterday after the win over West Virginia. We'll get that to you on the other side of the Fox News update at the top of the hour. This is RCST on FM 1017, 1320 KLWN, depend on it.